Chapter Twenty One of Sylvie and Bruno Concluded by Lewis Carroll. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Catherine Eastman. Chapter Twenty One: The Professor's Lecture. In science, in fact, in most things, it is usually best to begin at the beginning. In some things, of course, it's better to begin at the other end. For instance, if you wanted to paint a dog green, it might be best to begin with the tail, as it doesn't bite at that end. And so... May I help you? Bruno interrupted. Help me to do what? said the puzzled professor, looking up for a moment, but keeping his finger on the book he was reading from, so as not to lose his place. To paint a dog green, cried Bruno. Oo can begin with its mouth, and I'll— No, no, said the professor. We haven't got to the experiments yet. And so, returning to his notebook, I'll give you the axioms of science. After that, I shall exhibit some specimens. Then I shall explain a process or two. And I shall conclude with a few experiments— an axiom, you know, is a thing that you accept without contradiction. For instance, if I were to say, here we are, that would be accepted without any contradiction. And it's a nice sort of remark to begin a conversation with. So it would be an axiom. Or again, supposing I were to say, here we are not, that would be... A fib! cried Bruno. Oh, Bruno, said Sylvie in a warning whisper. Of course it would be an axiom if the professor said it. That would be accepted if people were civil, continued the professor. So it would be another axiom. It might be an axledom, Bruno said, but it wouldn't be true. Ignorance of axioms, the lecturer continued is a great drawback in life. It wastes so much time to have to say them over and over again. For instance, take the axiom, nothing is greater than itself. That is, nothing can contain itself. How often you hear people say, he was so excited he was quite unable to contain himself. Why, of course he was unable. The excitement had nothing to do with it. I say, look here, you know, said the emperor, who was getting a little restless. How many axioms are you going to give us? At this rate we shan't get to the experiments till tomorrow week. Oh, sooner than that, I assure you, the professor replied, looking up in alarm. There are only, he referred to his notes again, only two more that are really necessary. Read em out, and get on to the specimens, grumbled the emperor. The first axiom, the professor read out in a great hurry, consists of these words, whatever is, is. And the second consists of these words, whatever isn't, isn't. We will now go on to the specimens. The first tray contains crystals and other things. He drew it towards him, and again referred to his notebook. Some of the labels, 
owing to insufficient adhesion here he stopped again and carefully examined the page with his eyeglass i can't quite read the rest of the sentence he said at last but it means that the labels have come loose and the things have got mixed let me stick em on again cried bruno eagerly and began licking them like postage stamps and dabbing them down upon the crystals and the other things but the professor hastily moved the tray out of his reach they might get fixed to the wrong specimens you know he said oh shouldn't have any wrong peppermints in the tray bruno boldly replied should he sylvie but sylvie only shook her head the professor heard him not he had taken up one of the bottles and was carefully reading the label through his eyeglass our first specimen he announced as he placed the bottle in front of the other things is that is it is called here he took it up and examined the label again as if he thought it might have changed since he last saw it is called aqua pura common water the fluid that cheers hip 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 the head cook began enthusiastically but not inebriates the professor went on quickly but only just in time to check the hurrah which was beginning our second specimen he went on carefully opening a small jar is here he removed the lid and a large beetle instantly darted out and with an angry buzz went straight out of the pavilion is or rather i should say looking sadly into the empty jar it was a curious kind of blue beetle did any one happen to remark as it went past three blue spots under each wing nobody had remarked them ah well the professor said with a sigh it's a pity unless you remark that kind of thing at the moment it's very apt to get overlooked the next specimen at any rate will not fly away it is in short or perhaps more correctly at length an elephant you will observe here he beckoned to the gardener to come up on the platform and with his help began putting together what looked like an enormous dog kennel with short tubes projecting out of it on both sides but we've seen elephants before the emperor grumbled yes but not through a megaloscope the professor eagerly replied you know you can't see a flea properly without a magnifying glass what we call a microscope well just in the same way you can't see an elephant properly without a minimifying glass there's one in each of these little tubes and this is a megaloscope the gardener will now bring in the next specimen please open both curtains down at the end there and make way for the elephant there was a general rush to the sides of the pavilion and all eyes were turned to the open end watching for the return of the gardener who had gone away singing he thought he saw an elephant that practised on a fife there was silence for a minute and then his harsh voice was heard again in the distance he looked again come up then he looked again and found it was whoa back and found it was a letter from his make way there he's a comin 
and in marched or waddled it is hard to say which is the right word an elephant on its hind legs and playing on an enormous fife which it held with its forefeet the professor hastily threw open a large door at the end of the megaloscope and the huge animal at a signal from the gardener dropped the fife and obediently trotted into the machine the door of which was at once shut by the professor the specimen is now ready for observation he proclaimed it is exactly the size of the common mouse mus communis there was a general rush to the tubes and the spectators watched with delight the minikin creature as it playfully coiled its trunk round the professor's extended finger finally taking its stand upon the palm of its hand while he carefully lifted it out and carried it off to exhibit to the imperial party isn't it a darling cried bruno may i stroke it please i'll touch it welly gently the empress inspected it solemnly with her eyeglass it is very small she said in a deep voice smaller than elephants usually are i believe the professor gave a start of delighted surprise why that's true he murmured to himself then louder turning to the audience her imperial highness has made a remark which is perfectly sensible and a wild cheer arose from that vast multitude the next specimen the professor proclaimed after carefully placing the little elephant in the tray among the crystals and other things is a flea which we will enlarge for the purposes of observation taking a small pill-box from the tray he advanced to the megaloscope and reversed all the tubes the specimen is ready he cried with his eye at one of the tubes while he carefully emptied the pill-box through a little hole at the side it is now the size of the common horse equus communis there was another general rush to look through the tubes and the pavilion rang with shouts of delight through which the professor's anxious tones could scarcely be heard keep the door of the microscope shut he cried if the creature were to escape this size it would but the mischief was done the door had swung open and in another moment the monster had got out and was trampling down the terrified shrieking spectators but the professor's presence of mind did not desert him undraw those curtains he shouted it was done the monster gathered its legs together and in one tremendous bound vanished into the sky where is it said the emperor rubbing his eyes in the next province i fancy the professor replied that jump would take it at least five miles the next thing is to explain a process or two but i find there is hardly enough room to operate the smaller animal is rather in my way who does he mean bruno whispered to sylvie he means you sylvie whispered back hush be kind enough to move angularly to this corner the professor said addressing himself to bruno bruno hastily moved his chair in the direction indicated did i move angrily enough he inquired but the professor was once more absorbed in his lecture which he was reading from his notebook i will now explain the process of the name is blotted i'm sorry to say 
it will be illustrated by a number of of here he examined the page for some time and at last said it seems to be either experiments or specimens let it be experiments said the emperor we've seen plenty of specimens certainly certainly the professor assented we will have some experiments may i do them bruno eagerly asked oh dear no the professor looked dismayed i really don't know what would happen if you did them nor nobody doesn't know what'll happen if oo does them bruno retorted our first experiment requires a machine it has two knobs only two you can count them if you like the head cook stepped forwards counted them and retired satisfied now you might press those two knobs together but that's not the way to do it or you might turn the machine upside down but that's not the way to do it what are the way to do it said bruno who was listening very attentively the professor smiled benignantly ah yes he said in a voice like the heading of a chapter the way to do it permit me and in a moment he had whisked bruno upon the table i divide my subject he began into three parts i think i'll get down bruno whispered to sylvie it aren't nice to be divided he hasn't got a knife silly boy sylvie whispered in reply stand still you'll break all the bottles the first part is to take hold of the knobs putting them into bruno's hands the second part is here he turned the handle and with a loud oh bruno dropped both the knobs and began rubbing his elbows the professor chuckled in delight it had a sensible effect hadn't it he inquired no it hadn't a sensible effect bruno said indignantly it were very silly indeed it jingled my elbows and it banged my back and it crinkled my hair and it buzzed along my bones i'm sure it didn't said sylvie you're only inventing oo doesn't know nothin about it bruno replied oo wasn't there to see nobody can't go among my bones there isn't room our second experiment the professor announced as bruno returned to his place still thoughtfully rubbing his elbows is the production of that seldom seen but greatly to be admired phenomenon black light you have seen white light red light green light and so on but never till this wonderful day have any eyes but mine seen black light this box carefully lifting it upon the table and covering it with a heap of blankets is quite full of it the way i made it was this i took a lighted candle into a dark cupboard and shut the door of course the cupboard was then full of yellow light then i took a bottle of black ink and poured it over the candle and to my delight every atom of the yellow light turned black that was indeed the proudest moment of my life then i filled a box with it and now would any one like to get under the blankets and see it 
dead silence followed this appeal but at last bruno said i'll get under if it won't jingle my elbows satisfied on this point bruno crawled under the blankets and after a minute or two crawled out again very hot and dusty and with his hair in the wildest confusion what did you see in the box sylvie eagerly inquired i saw nothing bruno sadly replied it were too dark he has described the appearance of the thing exactly the professor exclaimed with enthusiasm black light and nothing look so extremely alike at first sight that i don't wonder he failed to distinguish them we will now proceed to the third experiment the professor came down and led the way to where a post had been driven firmly into the ground to one side of the post was fastened a chain with an iron weight hooked on to the end of it and from the other side projected a piece of whalebone with a ring at the end of it this is a most interesting experiment the professor announced it will need time i'm afraid but that is a trifling disadvantage now observe if i were to unhook this weight and let go it would fall to the ground you do not deny that nobody denied it and in the same way if i were to bend this piece of whalebone round the post thus and put the ring over this hook thus it stays bent but if i unhook it it straightens itself again you do not deny that again nobody denied it well now suppose we left things just as they are for a long time the force of the whalebone would get exhausted you know and it would stay bent even when you unhooked it now why shouldn't the same thing happen with the weight the whalebone gets so used to being bent that it can't straighten itself any more why shouldn't the weight get so used to being held up that it can't fall any more that's what i want to know that's what we want to know echoed the crowd how long must we wait grumbled the emperor the professor looked at his watch well i think a thousand years will do to begin with he said then we will cautiously unhook the weight and if it still shows as perhaps it will a slight tendency to fall we will hook it on to the chain again and leave it for another thousand years here the empress experienced one of those flashes of common sense which were the surprise of all around her meanwhile there'll be time for another experiment she said there will indeed cried the delighted professor let us return to the platform and proceed to the fourth experiment for this concluding experiment i will take a certain alkali or acid i forget which now you'll see what will happen when i mix it with some here he took up a bottle and looked at it doubtfully when i mix it with with something here the emperor interrupted what's the name of the stuff he asked i don't remember the name said the professor and the label has come off he emptied it quickly into the other bottle 
and with a tremendous bang both bottles flew to pieces, upsetting all the machines and filling the pavilion with thick black smoke. I sprang to my feet in terror and— and found myself standing before my solitary hearth, where the poker, dropping at last from the hand of the sleeper, had knocked over the tongs and the shovel and had upset the kettle, filling the air with clouds of steam. With a weary sigh, I betook myself to bed. End of chapter 21